0: Spinning in circles and talking to myself Spinning in circles and talking to myself Welcome to a new spin on autism Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello. Welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad, and today is the day before I get on the road to go to my son's wedding, so it's an exciting time for me. I hope you're having a great time as well. I'm also having an exciting time about who I've invited, but before I tell you who we are going to be talking to and why, I want to remind you to stay to the very end of the show where I will do Stories from the road. And that's it. There's not going to be a great guest giveaway today because literally I'm going to finish this and I'm going to get in the car and go. There's no time for me to think up who else could we can have on the show. So what we're going to have to do is have a whole lot of fun with the guests we've got today. And I think I have the perfect guest for that. Here's the backstory. So when I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I help parents get additional information from me, additional training? How do I help parents to bring me back without it being so expensive? So just to help you understand that, I do neurofeedback and play therapy, and I go into homes all over the world. And it costs a lot of money to have me come in and stay for several days and train people on neurofeedback and for them to buy neurofeedback. It's just a big investment. And that's fine the first time. But, you know, they would do so much better if I were to return periodically. Now, some families can do that and some can't. So it was in my head, how do I help that? How do I help that? How do I help that? And I invented a thing called the parent program. And the idea for the parent program was if you have, like, a living room full of people who all paid a few hundred dollars each to come in, I would do a little, you know, a little living room event workshop type thing. And after they left, since... You already have neurofeedback. You're already one of my clients. I would just sort of update and look at your child's progress and look at the neurofeedback and give new advice. And so they would get that piece free by holding this little living room event. So that was the original idea. I called it the parent program and we put up a, you know, a post about it and also made it something that other people could grab, but I really didn't expect them to. However. <laughs> I got this excellent opportunity to go and help with a woman's dad. Check that out. Okay. So I don't want to spoil her story, but I do want to say that I really admire the person who looks for a way to afford something, the way to do it a little different, the out-of-box thinker. And says, well, she's offering this. Let's just take it. And that's our guest today. It's somebody who just went, you know what, she's offering this. Let's just take it, as opposed to saying, well, I'm not already one of her parents. Um, and so she did, and I went there, and I met everyone, and we had a great event. And so before we go any farther into that, I want to introduce Tamis Barron and say thank you for being an out-of-the-box thinker.
1: Yeah, that I definitely
0: am. <laughs> Actually, she has the most amazing house. You go into her house, and it's like walking into... All these themes, like you've got uh, Cruella DeVille living room, and you've got the Halloween bathroom, and you've got the princess bedroom. So it's really, really fun, and it truly is like a museum piece to go from place to place to place. Uh, I had a great time, and I stayed with you, and we did the event, but what I really want to talk about was why. Why did you want me to come and do this event with you, and how did you come to think it was a good idea for your dad?
1: Well, I had been searching for somebody who was an expert, basically. My dad, who is going to be 90 in a week and a half, was diagnosed throughout his life with so many different things. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia, with ADHD, with depression, anger management problems, blah, blah, blah. And now that he's pushing 90, the doctors are all telling me he has dementia. And I was thinking, no, I don't think so. He's just, says things kind of weird, and he has really strange habits, and he's very linear in his thinking. So at some point in time, I, I was thinking, this kind of this looks like autism to me. So I did some research, and sure enough, he really fits the behavior. <laughs> and so then I'm trying to find somebody who knows what they're talking about to actually meet with him and Maybe help him. He also has sleep apnea, so there's a problem there with, with the brain as well. So what better person than somebody who works with autism and works with the brain? So okay. I so how did you find me? Yeah. I found you through a channel on my Roku called the Autism Channel, and I got very addicted to your show, Fix It in Five. Fabulous show. Amazing. I think every parent, regardless if your child has a special need or not. Just parents in general need to watch this. This is the way children need to be raised. It was is amazing. So uh, I saw that and I thought, how do I meet this woman and how do I get her to help my dad? He's definitely not a child, (laughs) although, you know, he's a man. So, yeah, he is. (laughs) So uh, I just kept looking online until I found a way to uh, contact you. And I did and said, how can I make this happen? How can I get Lynette to work with my dad? And that's what I did.
0: Well, it was really interesting because, you know, you could have just hired me for an outreach, but instead we went with the parent program, which is interesting because it's it's cheaper in the end to do it that way. So you you found a way. But now I've sort of lit the fire of desire in you because of what's happened. So let's talk about what's happened. So I came there and we did this Sweet little event in um, in a church instead of a living room, it was still with a handful of people though uh, great people and afterwards, I helped your father so let 's talk a little bit about the results of that and the results of the teaching from the event
1: Wow, well there 's so much to start with. Well, we we'll start with my father. he went home the day after the treatment, and his friend who picked him up from the airport, called me immediately when he got my dad back to the house. And he said, what happened to your dad while he was gone? He recognized me at the airport. Out of all those hundreds of people, immediately recognized me. Sometimes, even when I would come to the door and I'd say, hi, Bill, he wouldn't recognize me. But at the airport, out of hundreds of people, he's like, oh, Pedro, hi. And he walked all the way from... The airport LAX, all the way out to the parking lot, without which, by the, the way, walker. for
0: everyone to know, is a great feat because he takes the walker from the chair to the bathroom. So this was amazing, huh?
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. So that I said, well, he had a, he had a neurofeedback treatment. He said, well, whatever it is, keep doing it because it's working. And yes, that has been. I think it's been three weeks. There were times I talk to my dad every day. I have a nanny cam so I can see him and then I can talk to him. And once in a while, I would say about every three or four days, he would have what I call a blinky day where he was kind of a little bit incognitive and he would blink because he was trying to clear his mind. And he has not had one in three weeks. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, can I tell
0: you something? I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but so he and I rode on the airplane Back, I mean, we were on our way to the same place, so we managed to go together. And at one point, he turns to me and he goes, are we on a an airplane? And I said, yes. And he said, I thought so. And are you the brain lady? And I said, yes. And he said, wow, I thought so. <laughs> so he it's was like he was surprised that. at his own thinking.
1: Yes. Right. That's what I get from that, too. He's like, wow. And he told me that he feels almost normal. He told me uh, last week that he went into the back room looking for his library. And I thought he was talking about looking for the room of the library. And I'm like, uh-oh, is he forgetting where he is in his own house? Then when I talk to him a little more, he's like, the books And I go, oh, you're looking for your book. So, says, yes, I want to read my math books again, because my dad, he was an engineer. He worked for NASA. He was a rocket scientist, so engineer, very, very smart, and he wants to start reading his math books again. Yeah, so, that's pretty have,
0: exciting. That's pretty yeah, that was
1: exciting. Bit.
0: Yeah, fill that out a little bit for people. So what was it like growing up with a dad that you now think might have been Asperger's? Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a lot of forgiveness now and a lot of empathy. It has been very healing, Getting finally getting the diagnosis, because my father was very rigid in his thinking. He would tell me the exact way, the right way, to stir the oatmeal. So you go in counterclockwise direction twice, and then clockwise direction twice, and then you do this, and then see this and that, and sweeping and how you have to go in a row, and then you... Move over a little bit more, and you have to go back over part. You went, it it was very, you'd always find the part that you missed. I wanted to surprise him one day, and I cleaned, I was 10, cleaned my bedroom. I thought I did such an awesome job. Dad, come and look at what I did. And he comes up there, and I'm all excited, and he goes, I see you missed a spot. And he picked up a piece of lint. And I went, huh? (laughs) <laughs>
0: I won't ever clean my room again. <laughs> so but how was that in his relationships? You, with not just I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it makes me think okay. about, you know, how did his marriage work out? What was it like with his relationship with all his kids, his coworkers? Where did you see him excel? Where did you see challenges? Now that you look back on it, knowing what you know now.
1: He told me that his friends in college called him backward, that he was too uh, simple-minded in the way that he didn't flirt, he didn't didn't understand the way he calls it, their silly social customs. He didn't understand why they had trivial conversations, and so they would kind of tease him a little bit about it, but they really liked him. In fact, when a couple of them moved to another state, they invited him to come. So he really had good relationships with a handful of intellectual people. When he was a child, I know he tended to stick to himself, his sister said, and he did walk with his head to the side. And he told me that his father said to him once, I can understand all of my kids, but you, you're a mystery to me. I don't understand you at all. (laughs) And uh, as far as my mother, he was married to my mother for 25 years, and she has many humorous stories of my father embarrassing her. (laughs) One of my favorites is he went to a high school reunion a, a couple of years after she graduated from school, and he was bored, of course. He doesn't know any of these people. So he got up on the microphone and said... Does anybody have a joke book so that I can read some jokes? Because this is the boringest function I have ever attended. (laughs) I just
0: think there's so many things he says. I go, dude, I could sell this stuff to Hollywood. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, what was that like for you, though? Was it? Frustrating as a kid, was it? Were you endeared to him because of his quirkiness? Um, well, you I'm the older right?
1: quirky. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I have two older sisters, and I'm quirky. So he told me that I'm the only one of his kids that understood him, and that's probably because I'm quirky as well, or because I'm a mouthy and I would just tell him instead of going around the subject. I'd be very blunt and forward. He calls each of us by a number. I'm the third born, so I'm number three. He doesn't tend to remember our names, so he calls us by our number. <laughs> and I, I thought it was cool because back in the 60s, every, the secret agent thing was really in, and I thought, wow, I'm number three. That's cool. <laughs> so I liked it.
0: Oh, so, it's really cool. And you call yeah. him Mr., which I think is also very cool. So you I, have, like, this cool relationship with your names. But... Even better, and yeah, before I go into the quick mid-break, I just want to share that I was sitting talking with your dad, and he just said to me, yeah, my number three is my number one, and I really thought that was pretty sweet. It Um, is very sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet, and you're right. You are quirky, too, and that's what makes you guys such a nice combo. I also want to mention that. One of the most beautiful things I've seen in a long time is that video you made of your dad um, receiving the car. So we're going to go to mid-break, but I'd love to close before mid-break on that. So tell that story.
1: Oh, yeah, that was fun. He had this Austin Healey Sprite, a little red car, that he drove all the time. He loved that little car. Well, eventually, when he got physically disabled. He wasn't able to work on it anymore. So it sat there and it got pretty badly run down. And one of his friends really wanted to buy it off of him and fix it up. So he said, you know, maybe we should just give it away. We'll just give it to my friend. And I was thinking, yeah, it's probably going to be really expensive to fix up. So I'm looking for parts and then just to see how much it would cost to fix. And I ran across one on eBay for $3,000, that was already pretty well fixed up. And I thought, oh, how fun. I'm just going to get this car and um, have it delivered. And nicely enough, it was in Southern California, not well, a couple of hours from him. So that was good. It was Thanksgiving weekend. And he actually was on the phone to his friend telling him that he was going to give him the car when the new car arrives. Now, it's not unusual for my dad and I have a, both have a love for cars. So if we see an interesting car in a parking lot, I will just go up to the driver and I'll start talking to him or things like that. So it's not unusual for us to talk to people with cool cars. So he sees this car on this back of this flatbed, pull up in front of the house, and I said, Dad, come outside. So he thinks that I have stopped this guy because the car looks like his old one. He goes, you just stopped this guy because of the car? And I said, no. And so I got my phone out, and I started recording him. And I said, come on out, look at the car. So that is on YouTube, me filming it with my car. He had no idea that I had gotten this car for him. And it's just so endearing to watch how... He, he kept
0: grabbing his heart and he's like, Oh, my heart's fluttering. <laughs> it's wonderful. And you got a ton of hits. It's amazing. <laughs> it was really,
1: really, really cool. And I know it has a lot, a lot of views. I was so
0: shocked. It yeah, it's was really, it's wonderful. It's yeah. beautiful. So, um, your father is. You know, he's in the twilight years for sure, for sure, for sure, and the fact that you keep trying to bring the quality of life to him is really impressive, and we're going to come back and talk about that. You are listening to A New Spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as The Brain Broad. and today we are having a heartfelt day learning all about a beautiful relationship between a daughter and her dad. And we are lucky. It is is Tamás Barron that we are listening to. And remember to stay to the end of the show where you will hear stories from the road. Although this whole show is a story from the road, to tell you the truth. All right, Tamis, So um, why? Why continue to try to improve the quality of your dad's life? So many people would say, he's going to go any day now. Why do that? Why invest the time and the money to, to do that?
1: Wow. Well, that's a huge, many-parted question. Mm-hmm. From Want to give spiritual it a try? Perspective, yeah, from a spiritual perspective, I think that the more that we heal our molecules, our energy, it heals the world. So I don't care how old you are if you have 10 more minutes to live. It doesn't matter to have more experience, to have more positiveness in, in vibrations in your in your being is healing for the whole world. So that's my big answer. <laughs> my small answer is I love my dad and I love to see him happy.
0: That's the best. I love both of those answers a lot. Um, so let's talk about a little bit different subject. First of all, by the way, she's the wig lady. If you want to go get the most amazing wigs and outfits and get costumes, this is a place to go. So we'll let you plug your business at the end. Whether you like it or not, you really should. You never know. Somebody might be close by. Um, also, let's talk a little bit about if there were any benefits to anybody else, yourself, your friends. So we were there. We, I met about 10, 12 people while I was there. Um what happened?
1: Wow, that it was really fabulous. There was so much enlightenment going on. I have a friend who is an elementary school teacher, and the reason she came is because they have now put an autistic girl in her class, and she wanted to make sure that she could integrate this girl in a way that was fair, not only to that student, but to the rest of the kids. She didn't want to make one special and how come she gets to do this and I don't and build resentment somehow. And so yes, she came and she asked a bazillion questions. I think she was probably the most one who asked the most questions and the most specific questions. So she has implemented the suggestion and I asked her, how's it going? And she said, well, I need to confess something. The the girl, the is my favorite student. I just absolutely love how much she is progressing, and she's just like
0: dear to my heart.
1: (laughs) So that, that was cool.
0: And do you think that it was, you know, this relationship evolving in her classroom and the smoothness, do you think that's as a result of the event in any way?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because the school wanted her to do this, well, make her do these things, scholastic things, and when she gets a certain amount of stars, then she can go draw, because that's what she really wants to do. And basically, that just rewards, oh, I call it the nine to five mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work for the weekend. I'm gonna go punch my clock, and I cannot wait till Friday at five. And uh, that's you know, no nobody wants to live like that. (laughs) So uh, what you suggested her to do is to integrate her love of drawing into the curriculum, and that's what she's done. So she say they're doing a math problem, and it's three plus five. Then she'll say, well, you know, draw three bunnies and three whatever three you want to draw three flowers plus five. Cows or whatever, and that's fine, And uh, or just make the numbers pretty, draw the numbers artistically, and that was working, and then also there's a journal writing where the kids have to be quiet and sit and write in their journal for a certain amount of time, and the little girl was saying, I, don't, I can't, I don't understand, I don't know how to write, I can't do that, I can't figure out what to write, and so the, my friend, the teacher, she said, well, you don't have to put words. Why don't you just draw some pictures of what you want to write and then maybe the words will come to you. And sure enough, that's what happened. She drew little pictures and then she wrote what she had drawn and it's worked out great.
0: That's really exciting. I call that marrying the the desired skill acquisition with the motivator, right? Or, so marrying it instead of going if this, then that. Most therapies go, if you do this, then we'll let you that. So if you do the math, then we'll let you draw. But meanwhile, the math doesn't stay in because their mind on, is on when do I get to draw. So it's much better when you marry the skills. Thanks for explaining that so nicely. Okay, what about you? Did you get anything out of it?
1: Oh wow, what did I not get out of it? <laughs> that that would take a whole nother three weeks of me just talking straight.
0: <laughs> All right, pick your favorite thing.
1: My favorite thing. I think what I really enjoyed most was the word tolerate. When we mm-hmm. hear somebody talk mm-hmm. about, oh, we need to be more tolerant of special needs people are more tolerant of different this or different that. And uh, you said it's like, well, you can sit at my table, but you're still not accepted, you know, right. tolerant. Right. We have
0: to be careful of our words, don't we? Like it really does yes. create, we think we're being nice when we say we're we're tolerant and we don't realize that we're really being rejecting by setting it up that way.
1: Right. And that was really good um uh, the way you explained it, that that we need to honor people. We need to really honor who they are rather than just tolerate who they are.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: And I I think that me personally, I'm one of those people that if I'm in a situation, a social situation, where somebody's really irritating me, I go out of my way to befriend them because I know there's something about that person that I don't like about myself. So I need to know them.
0: And what about your neurofeedback session?
1: Wow, that was cool. I have told so many people about that, and everybody wants it now. Of course. You knew that was going to happen.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. So the neurofeedback session, you asked me if there was anything I could change about my brain, what would it be? And I said my anxiety. I tend to have a knot right to my solar plexus where I hold everything there and a sense of impending doom constantly. That was my experience for most of my life. There'd be times when it wasn't there, but most of the time, yes. So when we were working on that, when you were using the neurofeedback on that, what I noticed first was my shoulders got very heavy. I felt like somebody had come behind me, put their hands on my shoulders and was pushing down. And you said, wow, do you hold your tension in your shoulders? (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Yes, ask my massage therapist. (laughs) I told her this and she laughed. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, duh. (laughs) We call it my walnuts. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, that's what it feels like when my shoulders are dropped? That's unusual as opposed to how they feel when they're raised up. So that was my first thing that I noticed. And then uh, as the time went by, you know, a little more, the, the knot went away. And that was amazing. I, It was unreal. And there have been situations that have come up for me that I should have panicked and gotten all blown out of proportion, like forgetting to pay the water bill and the water being shut off. Uh <laughs> Should have been like, oh my God. and I was just like, ah, call the number. Yeah, okay. So what do I need to do? You need my credit card. Here it is. I was like, well, I am not stressing over this. This is very odd for me. I'm not stressing. So there have been some changes, which is amazing. And that's pretty exciting. One thing and it's just the is, beginning, right? So this yeah, is really cool, right?
0: right. And the other right.
1: thing is, um, I'm a, a vocal instructor, and one thing that you are not supposed to do when you sing is to tighten your upper abs because that causes your vocal cords to clamp together. And it's also in posture. You're not supposed to clamp onto your abs, they're supposed to be very loose. But because, you know, that's where I carry my attention, I have noticed my posture is better. It, cool. It, I'm going, my posture is better. I'm letting go. And my singing is better because I'm not yeah. clamping down on my abs. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay! Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So then I'll just come and I'll I'll just treat all of your clients. <laughs> that's very. Fun. I, I was, I was joking about that. Have stage fright? No problem. Let's just get rid of that. <laughs> Well, we're already at the end of the show, so let's let's tell them who you are, what you do for a business, because, goodness gracious, you you are a singing coach, you have your wigs everywhere. Talk a little bit about your uh, your business so that in case somebody's listening, they can say, "Hey, she lives close to me. Maybe I can check that out."
1: Well, uh, for people not close to me, they can go to funwigs.com, and I have my wig website there, funwigs.com anybody. I ship all over the world. It's very fun. I do custom work for people, too. If there's a style you cannot find, I do a lot of 80s tribute bands. <laughs> That's really fun. <laughs> Guys go, oh, I need to look like Jeff McKagan. Oh, okay, here, let me custom make one for you, because you will never find that anywhere unless I create it. So,
0: so. Okay, so you have the wigs, You're and done. you do your tribute 80s bands. Um, it's like... Yeah. I, th- I think you should charge people just to look at your house but um, and your car, but since that's not going to happen, let's also talk a little bit about, so do you do singing only in person or do you do some of that online and what, what's happening with that business?
1: Yes, I have an innovative technique that actually I call it zinglish because it's sort of a singing dialect that actually makes your chords and all of the apparatus work correctly. So you're not squeezing, you're not lifting, you're not pinching. And it's it's hard to explain, but it's very cool. And, yes, I do private lessons. I also teach classes, both children and adults. And sometimes we do some fun things like... On the ground And sing Row, row, row your boat Or we put wigs on And become different characters So you can hear How you would sound If you thought You were someone else Which is fun We do very fun things And yes I do Skype lessons As well
0: So Am I going to see You're natural You're a natural For working with your dad <laughs> 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 All
1: right
0: Very fun Oh my gosh this, this went so fast I had so much fun Um Last word of advice to the world, something that you think is super important, keeping in mind that my audience is basically composed of parents and caregivers of people with special needs.
1: Wow. Okay, so um, stop enabling. (laughs) But I think what, what I, my philosophy pretty much is, to allow people to be as much of who they are as they are and make every, to encourage everyone to be more of who they already are. I like to think of it as if you are only partly yourself, you are like a shiny piece of glass, but if you are multifaceted, then you sparkle like a diamond.
0: So be more of who you are. Oh, that's beautiful. And the opposite of what we teach everyone, which means it must be right. Thomas, thank you so much for being here One more time, say your website
1: Well, there is funwigs.com, which is the wig website And there is zinglish.com, which is the singing website
0: Well, that's beautiful Well, it's just the beginning of our journey together And thanks for joining us I am going to go ahead and close the show
1: Excellent, thank you
0: all right. Well, that was Tamis Barron and her wonderful story. I have just loved every moment of meeting her friends, meeting the gang, the show, the, show, the talk at the church, the um, the workshop, the helping brains. It was awesome. And keeping in line with today's show, I'm going to stick with that particular bit of um, story because it's time for Stories from the road, and I was on the road. Here's what was really cool. I'm torn between two stories, so I'm going to tell them both really quickly because one's really short. (laughs) When Tamma said, stop enabling, she was not kidding. She was wonderful, and I'm going to give you a great example of that. So we were at the airport leave from her place to come to LA and uh, her dad is going really slow with his walker everybody else is getting a wheelchair people who can walk are getting wheelchairs and he's not able to go anywhere without his walker and yet he was plodding along with the walker and at one point his hat dropped and he very slowly reaches down and gets it and puts it on his head and where the part I loved the most was when it dropped I glanced over at Tamas, and I saw her body go, help him, and then stop herself and just wait. It was so beautiful. The real help happened in the wait. You hear that? The real help happened in the wait. It takes much more energy and courage and brilliance and commitment to health, to wait, than it does to just run over and pick up the hat. So it was gorgeous of her, and that was an example of what she does for her dad that is making it so that his very twilight years are a beautiful thing. Um, Okay, so the other thing about that event was that somebody that – is one of my clients already, happened to see that I was doing the event, and it was pretty close to them. So they said, hey, it turned out to actually be like the parent program I planned it to be because they went, hey, you're in town. We need you to check <laughs> on our progress, see what we're doing, what should we do different. So they drove over, to it, enjoyed the event, and then I spent some special one-on-one time with a client that I already have. And it was so exciting for me because when I first met this young man, well, elderly man, actually, middle-aged man. This, When I first met this middle-aged man, his elderly mother was taking care of him, and he had been, you know, fairly violent and, and frightening for her, and she'd made good progress, but he had some seizure activity and was kind of violent, and so it was a bit scary for her, and there was a lot of stuff in the background, some abuse and things, and she'd had to separate from her husband, and be just her and him and it was just a really big thing and, and when I met them he didn't know anything about the independence of possibly ordering food in a restaurant or that sort of thing and they just did a lot of walking to try and wear off his energy and I'm like no 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 Let's wear off his energy by challenging him. And I'll use the neurofeedback to help stabilize his brain. And now he's all stable. All the meds are coming down and no acting out aggressively at all. And he can order a meal at a restaurant. And that mom also waited. We had our lunch in a Chinese restaurant. She was brilliant. I was so impressed. And, in fact, so much so that I said to all the other people, watch I'm not going to say her name. Watch X, right? Watch her do this. Because she sat there and the waitress wanted her to translate, wanted to say, oh, my son wants hot and sour soup. But she didn't. She just sat there quietly and let her son say it again until the waitress put her listening ears on and captured what he was saying. Because he was actually saying it fine. She didn't want to actually listen. So the waiting enabled the her son to be successful order his own meal how gorgeous is that i'm lynette louise your story teacher host otherwise known as the brain broad this is a new spin on autism answers today's question should i help yes by waiting thanks for being here because without you i'd just be talking to myself I can't hear you.